Why choose this green church? I came to TGC because I saw a place where I could grow spiritually and I also saw people who were interested in my well-being in general. They weren't actually trying to force it, um, but it kind of made me stay because I could see that it was genuine. Um, TGC makes me feel like this is my home. Like I feel old. I feel like I've always wanted a place where I can showcase myself, where I can be discriminated, where I can express how I feel exactly, and that is what TGC is all about. Everything we do is based on the word of God. You don't manipulate it to our own benefit. What you do, and that is what we do. That's why I love you. Tell you. Well, um. I want to start by saying a big thank you to Pastor Lou. Thank you, sir, for the privilege afforded me to be with such great company of believers who are excited about the things of God. And um, I came in company of uh, one of our uh, volunteers. Thank you, sir, for coming. Praise God. And um, our assistant campus coordinator for our Lagos campus, Brother GD, ordained minister of the gospel, is right here as well. Thank you, sir, for coming. Praise the Lord. Amen. I like your songs, I'll tell you. You know, I like your songs. I like, and um, I could also see that it, you folks are, you've, you're taught, you're taught God's word. You know, from hearing the testimonies, from hearing the fact that everybody is flowing with the songs, everybody is excited about the things of God, tells me something that you guys are taught certain truths from God's word, and that's really, really commendable. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, our theme or our, our topic for this morning is new creation realities. New creation realities. And um, we'll take our text from Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse seventeen. Second Corinthians five seventeen. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The margin says he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're our Father and you're a good Father. You're such a good Father. And we don't mind telling you we love you. The reason we love you is because you first loved us. Thank you most of all for the great plan of redemption which you planned and sent your Son, the Lord Jesus, to consummate. Thank you for your word that brings us a revelation of that plan. Thank you for the great and mighty one, the Holy Spirit, whom you've sent to be our teacher and to be our guide. I make bold to say that he will live big in me today. He'll rise big in me. He will think through my mind. He'll speak through my lips. He will act through my deeds. He will unveil, unfold, and reveal the word of God through these lips of clay. Thank you, Father, because our hearts are proposed our minds determined we won't just be hearers of the word alone but we'll be doers of the same as well thank you father in jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. praise the lord now um 
Like our text says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now we know that the moment we received Jesus into our heart as our Lord and personal Savior, the greatest miracle that there exists that could ever be took place in us. We were made brand new creatures. Amen. When the Bible says old things are passed away, you see, that old man has passed away. You're not the same person you used to be. You're a brand new creature. You're a brand new man. A kind that never existed before. Fresh from the womb of deity. Amen. We have life as God has it. We have life in the absolute sense. The very God kind of life. Zoe, like you sang about. It was imparted into our spirits. Amen. Now, you know, there are three big words in the Bible. Three big words. Several big words. But you will all agree that these three are big. Amen. One is atonement. Another is remission. And the third is forgiveness. Now, God did not atone for our sins in the New Testament. He did something bigger. Atonement is an old covenant word. You don't find that word any place in the New Testament except in Romans 5.11 in the King James Version. And it was mistranslated. It should have been translated reconciliation in Romans 5.11. Atonement is an old covenant word. It means to cover. Our sins were not covered. In the old covenant, they had a covering for their sins. The blood of bulls and goats. You know, the, the sacrifice of those animals uh, provided a covering. We know that once a year, the high priest will take the blood of that animal, go into the Holy of Holies on that great precaution after he had offered a sin offering for his own sins. And then he will sprinkle that blood on that mercy seat. And the other uh, goat, he laid hands on it and confessed the sins of Israel over it. And it was taken in the hands of a thief man to a land not inhabited and left to wander and to die there. And then for the next one year, they were covered. The high priest was the surety of their covenant in the Old Testament. Everything depended on him. If something went wrong, that was it. They were in trouble. And when he was going into that holy of holies, so sacred was that place, the famous Jewish historian Flavius Josephus said it was 40 feet wide, 20 feet high, 4 inches thick. And um, uh, he dared not enter that place just anyhow. Anytime he was going, there was a chain attached to him. If he dropped dead, you don't go there to pick him. You drop dead too. So he was, his dead body will be pulled out. And um, there were bells on his clothes. And so as long as you're hearing the bells, you know that he's still alive. My God, I'm so glad I'm in the new covenant. Whoa! Glory to God. Glory to God. And even with that, it couldn't take away the consciousness and that conscious of sins. Those sacrifices needed to be offered each year. So they had an atonement. But in the new covenant, we have something more than an atonement. Our sins were not merely covered. They were washed away at the new birth. Now, God did not merely forgive our sins. In actual fact, God does not merely forgive the sins of the sinner. He does something much bigger. He remits his past. You know, when you talk about forgiveness, it's like you do ten things and then six of them were bad. 
You know, let's say you were a really bad guy. And let's say it was eight of them that were bad, but two were good. You know, uh, if you were forgiven, then the eight bad were blotted out. So the two good still stood. That's forgiveness. Listen, everything about the sinner was bad. He was a child of the devil. Even the good works of a dead man, they were still dead. Amen. In the sight of God, he was more than an outlaw. He was more than a transgressor. He was a child of Satan. Amen. People don't go to hell because of what they do. They go to hell because of who they are. Children of the devil. Man's problem wasn't his conduct. Yes, his conduct was a problem. It was a big problem. But that wasn't man's main problem. Man's main problem was his nature. Was the fact that he had no access to God. Was the fact that he was separated from God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. He had a bigger problem. If it was possible for a man to be morally straightforward, he would still die and go to hell. Because he's a child of the devil. If a man were to keep all the Ten Commandments, you know, he would still die and go to hell. Because he's a child of the devil. Man's problem wasn't what he did merely. Yeah, what he did was bad, was bad enough. But he had a bigger problem than the bad things he did. His problem was he was a child of Satan. We know what happened in the Garden of Eden when Adam disobeyed God. God had told him you may eat of all the uh, fruit of the trees in the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. The day you eat of it, you will die. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. The literal Hebrew actually says in dying, you will die. In dying spiritually, you will die physically. Well, man did the unthinkable. He committed high treason. He bowed the knee to God's arch enemy, his own arch enemy. And the moment he did that, he became separated from God. A foreign nature came into his spirit. He became a subject as well as a child of the devil. Jesus in John 8, 44, he made a statement to those Pharisees. These were the strictest sect of the Jews. He said to them, he said, yeah, of your father, the devil. He said, the loss of your father shall ye do was a murderer from the beginning. When he tells a lie, he tells it of his own. He's a liar and the father of lies. So Satan's nature, which is hatred, murder, and lies, came into man's spirit. And um, he had no legal approach to God. But thank God that on the grounds of the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ, on the grounds of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it's possible for a man to come into Christ. And for Christ to come into that man. And for the man to become a new creature. So at our new birth, we were made new creatures. A kind that never existed before. Kinos. A new species. A new kind. Men from another world. Praise God. Not only was our past remitted. We stopped existing too. We passed away. That old man passed away. So there's a new man in it. That person stead. You know, I was reading my Bible one time as a teenager. I was in secondary school and I read where Paul said, I've wronged no man. In 2 Corinthians, I've defrauded no man. I said, what? You? Paul? What arrogance? Defrauded no man? What are you talking about? Why you not the one that consented to the death of Stephen? Why you not the one that held the clothes of if you would have stoned him? Why are you not the one that persecuted the church of God, wasted it above many your equals? Why are you not the one that did many things contrary, you know, to the cause of Christ, contrary to the name of Jesus? And I thought I was being cool, you know. I was reeling out his CV. So I thought, he's CVing bad stuff. And then on the inside of me, the Lord said, shut up, young man. 
the fellow you are talking about died on the road to Damascus. If he says he's wrong, no man, he's wrong, no man. He's a new creature. He's a new creature. He's a new creature. You are a new creature. You are a new man. You're not who you used to be. There's a new man in his stead. And that new man is you. You see, we see in 2 Corinthians 4.16, where the Bible says, For which cause will think not? But though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So we know there's an outward man and there's an inward man. Now, when you got born again, if you had blue eyes, your eyes were still blue. If they were brown, they stayed brown. If you were bald-headed, you were still bald-headed after. Amen. If you had long hair, your hair was still long. If you were five feet, four inches tall, you still were five feet, four inches tall right after. So it wasn't our bodies that changed. Now we know this. First Thessalonians 5.23. The Bible says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we know that man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. So the real you is a spirit being. You know, God said in John 4, 24, no, Jesus said about the father, he said, God is a spirit. And that God who's a spirit, he said in Genesis 1, 26, that let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness. And um, if God is a spirit, and he is, because Jesus said so, and God made man in his image and after his likeness, and he did, because the Bible said so, and then of necessity, man must be a spirit being too. So man is a spirit. See, the new birth is not the rebirth of the human body. The new birth is not the rebirth of the human mind. The new birth is the rebirth of the human spirit. Our spirits were reborn. Our spirits were recreated. Now, Paul, writing to the saints at Rome, in Rome, Romans 1.7, he said, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, so the book of Romans was written to saints. And if it's good for the saints in Rome, it's good for the saints in Lagos. Or the saints anywhere. And the saints for all time. Now he said in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then in verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, our new birth experience did not affect our bodies. Our new birth experience did not affect our souls. It was our spirits that were recreated. We had to do something with our minds, as well as do something with our bodies. Now, what do we do with our body? We had to present our body to God, a living sacrifice. See, in the Old Testament, they sure had sacrifices. They knew something about sacrifices, but they were dead sacrifices. God wants living sacrifices. Said, holy, acceptable to him. Amen. Which is our reasonable service. Another translation says, which is our spiritual act of worship. So, yes, we worship God by lifting our hands. We worship God with the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But we also worship God with our bodies. What we do with our bodies it's a part of our worship. It's a part of our sacrifice. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. The Bible says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. It says, For ye are bought with a price. 
Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. So we're to glorify God in our bodies. Amen. And we can. He won't tell us to do what we can't do. Now Paul made a statement. Pretty enlightening statement. In 1 Corinthians 9.27. He said, but I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means... When I preach to others, I myself should be cast away. Now, that word cast away is the Greek word adokimos. And it means one disapproved, disqualified to uh, uh, do what he was called to do. And that's pretty possible. A fellow can disqualify himself, amen, from the call of God. A person can. It, God furnishes the grace. God furnishes the giftings and the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. However, we are the ones who qualify ourselves. Now, what's interesting there is this. That apostle, that man who wrote half the New Testament, that man who did more for Christianity in 39 years than any denomination has done in 500, he said something. He said, I keep under my body. Ooh, what does that tell me? It means Paul's body wanted to act up. Just like yours wants to sometimes. Yeah. So, you're not out of line. You're just human like the rest of us. Are you listening? Yeah, Paul's body wanted to do stuff that wasn't right on occasions. Remember that time in Acts 23.1 where he said, I've lived before God with a good conscience up till this day. And the high priest said, smite that man in the cheek. Who? Paul wasn't the kind of fellow who was, well, I'm in Lagos, so I can speak some Yoruba, right? He, he won't go home and get answer. He will give you on the spot. Ah, he said, hey, wait till me this. Now, of course, he didn't say it like that. But, you know, I'm just trying to put it in 2021 Wafi contemporary English. Amen. Wait till me this. Who be that? Eh? He are saying, make them judge me according to law. Make them slap me. Contrary to May God slap you on the cheek. You know. And I guess he said it with some attitude. And then someone told him, revilest thou God's high priest. And then he started quoting scripture. <laughs> Poor. You know, I just want to see that dude in heaven. I can't wait to meet him. As in, Polo. <laughs> this is my one man. One man riot squad. <laughs> the man, eh? The trouble he's still causing. About 2,000 years after. You know, be small. <laughs> his letters. You know, he said his bodily presence may have been weak. His speech contemptible. But not his letters. He's not his letters. Even thousands of years after, his letters are still weighty. Glory to God. Inspired by the Holy Ghost. But you see, he said, I keep under my body. What am I saying? Sometimes your body may want to act up. What do you do? You simply don't let it dominate you. See, the life of God is in our spirits. The nature of God is in our hearts. One day we're going to have glorified bodies. We don't have those glorified bodies yet. But we have recreated spirits now. The life of God that's in our spirit can be made manifest in our bodies. We can put to death the deeds of the body. Amen. So, I learned to say what Paul said. I learned to do what Paul did. I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. Into subjection to what? To the real me. The man on the inside. That has the life of God. That has the nature of God. I simply don't let my body rule me. I rule my body. Amen. You know, Jesus was tempted at all points like as we are. Did you ever think about that? He was at all points, including the one you're thinking about now. You say, which one am I thinking about? You know the one you're thinking about. He was tempted at all points, like as we are. Amen, because he was human. And what did he do? He didn't let his flesh dominate him. 
Thank God for our flesh. Thank God for it. You see, it's our earth suit that qualifies us to stay in this earth. Amen. And it's fun walking in victory over it. It's fun not letting it dominate us. It's fun. Yeah, it may not be fun in the natural, but it's sure fun. Amen. It's another opportunity to act on God's word. So we don't let our bodies rule us. We present our bodies to God a living sacrifice. And then what about our minds? We renew our minds with the word of God. Amen. We feed on God's word. We put that word to practice. Our minds get renewed. And as a result of renewing our minds, our renewed minds side in with our recreated spirits. So our recreated spirits, walking through our renewed minds, dominate our unregenerate flesh. Praise God. Amen. And we can do that. Amen. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. The life of God is in us. And we let that life dominate us. Now, talking about new creation realities. Four simple points I want to make. Amen. You know, four points I want to make. We've seen that we're new creatures. We have the life of God. That new creature is the man on the inside. The spirit man. He has God's life. He has God's nature. He has God's ability. He has God's spirit in him. And we're to let that man on the inside dominate the flesh. Dominate the outward man. And I'll tell you a secret I discovered long ago. I discovered that if I will hold fast my confession that I'm a new creature, that new man on the inside will be made manifest on the outside through the flesh. If I'll maintain that confession, I'll tell you something. Growing up, I never had many of the temptations young people have. Never. Many of the things, you know, people struggle with, I wasn't tempted there. It never appealed to me. Never did. You know, there's something about the life of God. It changes conduct. It corrects habits. It forms new ones. Criminals become law-abiding citizens. Prostitutes become moral. Thieves become honest. Drunkards become sober. No case is incurable. People who receive that life in their teenage, they hardly ever sow wild oats. Hardly ever. Amen. They have keener intellects. It affects them. It affects their lives. As a scientific fact, it's been proven. It's been shown. If they're the parents, they have two kids. They're not saved. And then they both get saved and start walking in the light of life. They have another set of two kids. Those other two kids they had, after receiving the life of God and walking in the light of it, they have keener intellects. They are easier to discipline. Their personalities are better. You see, there's something about that life. It's the greatest biological miracle of all time. Amen. The nature of God. So you see, we have God's life. Maintain your confession that you're a new creature. The more you say it, the more real it becomes to you. The easier it becomes to walk in the reality of it. Amen. Now, four things I want to remind us of. Simple things. They are in things we don't already know. But I'm just stirring up our pure minds by way of remembrance. Four simple things about this new creature that we are. Number one, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Oh, that God is my father. He's your father. If you've been born again, you're a child of God. You see, he may be God to the world. He may be judge to the sinner. But his father to the new creation man. He's my father. 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 He's not against me. 
He's for me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. I'm a wanted child. Of his own will begat he us of the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his own creatures. Amen. James 1.18 So he's our father. He's our father. We are children of God. You are a child of God. You know, remember when Jesus was teaching about the Lord's prayer in Matthew 6, 8 and 9. He said, the father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. He now said in verse 9, after this manner pray ye, our father, our father, which art in heaven. Oh, just the utter tenderness of it. My father, our father, our father, our father. You see, he's our father. He longs to take a father's place and to perform a father's part. You see, God is not out to get you. He's out to bless you. Some people's idea of God is, you know, they're used to the harsh uh, atmosphere of religion. Those, even the Jews in Jesus' day, when they began to talk about God as a father, they wouldn't accept it. It was strange to them. But listen, he's our father. He's our father. In John 16, 27, he said, For the Father himself loveth you. He loves us. Because you have loved me and believed that came from the Father. He loves us. He loves us. In John 17, 23, he said, I in them and thou in me, that they be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Listen, God loves you. The same way he loved Jesus. <laughs> God loves me the same way he loved Jesus. If Jesus were here on earth right now, and his mother Mary was still here on earth, and, and let's say Mary was sick, and Jesus got to praying for Mary, and I got to praying for my mother, let's say my mother was sick, God is not going to answer Jesus any quicker than he will answer me. Amen. Because he loves me with the same love. With the same love. Remember in Matthew 6, 25 to 34, Jesus said, Take no thought for your life, what you'll eat or what you drink, or for your body, what you'll put on. He said, It's not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. He said, Consider the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. That's what he said. He said, Consider the lilies of the field, they toil not, neither do they spin said, yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He said, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, your little faith? He said, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? Amen. Why take ye thought for raiment? Why take ye thought for those things? He said, your father knows that you have need of these things. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Sufficient unto the day. Is the evil thereof. You see he's your father. He cares for you. Okay you need a job. Yeah he knows. Okay you need to eat. Yeah he knows. Okay you need to pay rent. Yeah he knows. It's not revelation knowledge to him. He's your father. You see in 1 Timothy 5.8. The Bible says that he that does not provide for his own especially those of his own house he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel do you think god will tell us to do what he won't do you are god's own you are of his own household you are a challenge to his father heart amen 
He's your father. He's your father. He's your father. Listen, he loves you. Now, some people say, if God is my father, how come I don't feel loved? How come I'm not experiencing the father's love? I'll tell you how come. Tell you how. It's so simple. You don't know his love. You don't know he loves you. In 1 Peter 5, 7, the Bible says, Cast in all your care on him, for he careth for you. The Amplified Classic says, Cast in the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately, and he cares about you watchfully. He's your father. He's your father. He's your father. He's a good father. We need to meditate in that truth. Jesus said in John 15, 1, he said, I'm the true vine. My father is the husband man. He's the husband man. The Greek word husband man carries the thought of the protector, the caretaker, the sustainer, the trainer, the educator. That's what he is. He's my father. He's my father. In Matthew 7, 11, he said, if ye then mean evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more? How much more? How much more? Shall your father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? He's a good father. He's my father. Oh, he's my father. He's my father. He's my father. He's my father. He loves you as a father does. We need to feed on that. We need to see that clearly. You know. My daddy told me one time, he said, you're queer. He said, you just don't worry. I said, yeah, I don't. You know, because in the face of horrible circumstances, I'll just go sleep and sleep like a baby. Yeah. You see, worry is a rocking chair. It keeps you busy, gets you nowhere. Robbie, ro worry has never, robbed, uh, has never stripped today of its troubles. Yeah. Never stripped tomorrow of its anxieties. Only robs us of our strength. It's uncalled for. As long as you have the cares, he doesn't have them. But cast them on him. Leave them with him. Let him sort it out. What I tell myself is this. If he can't solve it, then I can't. And there's no use in me trying. And I may just as well give him first shot at it. Right? The truth is this. There's no trouble that can trouble God. I've been in trouble before. Big trouble. Horrible tests. Horrible challenges. And then I've just gone to God and said, Father, guess what? And I could hear him answer, what? I say, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble. Yeah, yeah. You know why? Because I'm in trouble. You said you will be with me in trouble. I said, I said you know what? I don't know the trouble that can trouble you. There's no trouble big enough. <laughs> you said you'll be with me in trouble. You said you will deliver me. I just go to him. Amen. Amen. He's your father. Yes. He's your father. Yes. He's your father. Had a father one time. He had a son. The son was grown. You know, grown young man. And it was like, go do something. Go get married. Go settle down. Just do something. Now, I don't advocate you know, or subscribe to what the father said the son should do. But listen, this is what the man said. He said, look, just find one girl anywhere, impregnate her, cause trouble, and then come home and see whether I know full ground. 
you know, the man was so desperate for the boy to settle down in life. He said, just go and impregnate somebody, cause trouble there, eh, and leave the trouble with me. I will handle it. I just giggled. You know, that's a father talking. Listen, God is your father. You know, sometimes when you've gone to cause trouble outside, when you've come to put trouble on your own head, it wasn't the devil that caused you trouble, though. It wasn't people that caused you trouble. You, with your own hand, you caused trouble. You know, you can go home and say, Father, <laughs> I don't do that. It don't happen. I don't cause trouble. I don't enter. I, I don't enter Wahala. But you know something? Who will I run to but you? You don't know how, know how. <laughs> I be your Pikino. <laughs> you better come to my rescue. And you know, he's a father. He's a father. I saw a father one day. He was mad with his son. The son had done some despicable things. So the father said he was disowning him. He packed the boy's things. He threw them out of the house. He was in a rage. I witnessed it live firsthand. You know what the son did? He took the things. As the father was in that rage, after the boy had been so irresponsible, after he had been, oh gosh, he had just been an idiot. That's the way he acted. He carried his things. He put them back in the house. He looked his father in the face with the rage in the father's face. He said, this is my father's house. He's like, he's saying you to go to your father's house. This is my father's house. I have a right here. You know what happened? The father looked at him and he just burst into laughter. And that was the end. He couldn't get angry beyond that. He's like, What? Amen. But you know, some of us, something will go wrong. And it, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to touch again. I'm not going to touch again. I'm not reading my Bible again. I'm not praying again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. God doesn't love me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Grow up. Stop that nonsense. Stop that acting. In your father's house. Your father's house. You're a child of God. You're loved by God. You're loved by God. You're loved by God. You're loved by God. I've noticed something. Children who are loved by their parents and know that they are loved by their parents, they are bolder in life. They take greater risks. Yeah, they are more daring. They are. Because they know that they are loved. They have a better self-esteem. Listen, I don't care the way your earthly father was. You've got a father in heaven. And he's your father. He's your father. You're a child of God. That's my first point. Number two, you are one with the master. You are one with the master. First Corinthians 6, 17. The Bible says he that is joined to the Lord, his own spirit. The margin says his own spirit with him. And that's how NIV puts it. You are one with him. First Corinthians 6, 17. He that is joined to the Lord, his one spirit. NKJV also says he's one spirit with him. You are in union with God. Oh my God. You are tied to deity. You are tied to deity. You see, I can't be defeated in life. It's not possible. I won't. I can't go under. You know why? For me to be defeated, God will have to be defeated. For me to go under, God will have to go under. And he can't go under. He can't be defeated. And that's why I won't. I'm tied to God. I'm one with God. I'm in union with him. You know, I was thinking one time, I was in my room, bedroom, teenager. You know, I read where he said, I in them and I in me. John 17, 23. 
I was thinking Colossians 1.27. Christ in you the hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore if any man be in Christ is a new creature. I said how can A be in B? And at the same time B is in A. I said how? I was just meditating. I am in Christ. Okay. I can see that. But it says that Christ is also in me. How? Let me tell you something. If A is in B and B is in A, that means A and B are a unity. They are one. Remember in John 15, 5, he said, I'm the vine, ye are the branches. The vine is in the branch. The trunk of that mango tree is inside the branch. The branch is inside the trunk. We are one. We are one. We are one with him. Of course, am I saying we are deity? I'm not deity is the head of the church who is deity. We are not. But we are in union with him. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. The Bible says now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. You see, your head doesn't go by one name and your body another. The Bible says as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. We are one with deity. We are in union with him. We are in union with him. <laughs> that's why the bible says the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear psalm 27 verse 1 the lord is the strength of my life of whom shall i be afraid he's my deliverance he's my strength philippians 4 13 i can do all things through christ which strengtheneth me amen colossians 2 10 and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power john 1 16 and of his fullness have we received and grace for grace. We are completing him. Completing him. Completing him. Amen. Amen. All he has. All he is. See, all, all that he could be is mine. I'm in his family. I'm in his family. Tied up to him. Linked up with him. One with him. One with him. You see, I know that I have it made in life. There aren't enough devils in hell. There aren't enough challenges on this earth. No. Because I'm in union with God. I'm one with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm one with him. 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 Tied up to deity. Many times people ask me about studying the Bible. And I have many suggestions. But there's one I present above every other one. And it's this. Go through the New Testament. Of course, study the whole Bible. But don't try to live in the Old Testament for God's sake and for crying out loud. We learn from the Old. We study the Old and we learn from it. But we don't live in the Old Testament. We live in the New. Spend more time studying the New Testament than you do the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, we know that the epistles are the letters written to the church. Now, there are certain scriptures that tell us who we are in Christ. What we have in Christ. What we can do in him. They have the expression in Christ, in him, by whom, through whom, in, in Christ Jesus, in my name, by him, of me, and all that. They have those expressions with them. Actually, there are 132 of such scriptures in the New Testament. And if you add Colossians 1.13... Which, even though it doesn't have that expression, carries the same thought. And 1 John 4, 4, then it comes to 134. 
Uh, this is what I tell people. Mark these scriptures in your Bible. Mark them in your Bible, right? Take time. Write them down. Meditate in them. Think about them. Make a confession out of them. And begin to say them with your mouth because you believe them in your heart. See, 2 Corinthians 4.13. The Bible says, We have in the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed. Therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. See, Philemon 6 says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, grounded in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Notice that Colossians 2, 6 says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk ye in him. Now, what does that mean? I've received Christ Jesus. I'm born again. So what am I to do? I'm to walk in him now. But there's also a meaning that that has. And there's merit in seeing it both ways. And this is it. How am I to walk in him the way I received him? How did I receive him? Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess to them out the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, that's how I received Christ Jesus the Lord. And the Bible says, as I have received him, the same way I received him, I'm to walk in him. So that's how I walk in him. By believing in my heart and saying with my mouth. Now, I found out something. If there's one truth the devil fights, my God, he, and he fights tooth and toenail, it's confession. It's confession. You know why he fights it? Because he knows that, you see, we can shout, I'm a new creature, I'm a new creature. You know who I am. You know who I am. We can say that. If we don't embrace the practice and the habit of regularly confessing these truths, it won't be a reality in our lives. And the devil knows that. See, new creation realities. Now, listen. You see, the word of God is true, whether I believe it or not. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So God has blessed me. He has. Whether I know it or I don't know it, I believe it, I don't believe it, it's true. When we say faith's confessions create realities, what do we mean? Do we mean that it's your believing and confessing God's word that makes God's word a reality? No, God's word is already a reality to him. As far as he's concerned, it's truth. But listen, you want it to be a reality in your experience. You know, something can be yours legally and you don't experience it vitally. Yeah, you can have 10 million naira in the bank and the account is frozen or you are not aware or you, something happened. You, you had brain damage, you lost your memory. You don't remember that account. And you're a millionaire, 10 million, breathing in and out, in and out, in and out, in the bank's vault. It's yours. It could be a hundred million. It could be a billion. And you have it. But it's a different thing to experience it in your life. Amen. You see, all that God has is already ours legally. First Corinthians 3.21, the Bible says all things are yours. So it's already ours. Luke 15.31, son thou art ever with me. All that I have is thine. Everything God has is mine. But you see, how do I experience it in my life? I'll give you an example. Did you know that 
Everybody is saved. Did you know that? Jesus did not die for the church. Hope you know. There was no church when he died. Jesus died for the whole world. Everybody legally is saved. Salvation, John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So Jesus is God's gift to a lost and dying world. And God will never take back that gift. Whether the world acknowledges his ownership or not, Jesus belongs to them. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says that God was personally present in Christ. From the Amplified Classic, reconciling and restoring the world into favor with himself. Not counting up or holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor. Legally, every man that could ever exist, the new birth already belongs to him. But you know what? How come experientially he's not saved? I'll tell you why. Because he has to act on Romans 10, 9 and 10. He has to believe in his heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with his mouth that Jesus is his Lord. And I've heard some other people say, look, it's believing. That's the only thing. Just believe it. Yeah, even if you say that. John three sixteen, God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Acts sixteen thirty one. believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that shall be saved in the household. Yeah, you could say it's just believing. I agree. But if you believe, you will act, right? Believing is acting on God's word. Believing is an act of the will. And how do we act on the word of God? Colossians 3.17 Whatever ye do in word or deed. So the primary way we act on God's word is still by saying it. There's no faith without a confession. Your faith is measured by your confession. Your usefulness to the Lord's work is measured by your confession. Our confession locates us. Our confession fixes the landmarks of our lives. And our confession affects our spirits. Your faith will always rise up or go down to the level of your confession. Hebrews 3.1, the Bible says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider him the apostle and high priest of our confession. So Christianity is called a confession. It's actually the great confession. Hebrews 4.14 Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passing to the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Your faith is measured by your confession. Your faith will either rise up or go down to the level of your confession. The fight of faith is a fight of words. First Timothy 6 to a fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession. Witness the good profession before many witnesses. It's our confession. It's our confession. That's the battleground on which we fight. The fight of faith is a fight of words. Amen. I see many Christians. Living defeated lives. Yeah. The flesh rubs their noses in the sand. They are struggling. Struggling with sin. With bad habits. With this. With that. Having a struggle in their walk with God. And I look at some of them and it's like. Ah. And it's so simple. If you just get a hold of this one truth. That all will change. Change. It will change. You know. When someone is married to. You know. When you talk about somebody. They call someone Eshinuwe. You know Eshinuwe? Horse inside book. You know? In real life, nothing. No engine. Don't knock. 
You know, it's painful. You see, your victory in Christ is not meant to be a sinu way. You understand? It's not meant to be legal victory. Legal victory. There are some people, they shout about what is theirs legally, but in their life, nada. They are always broke. They are always sick. They are always defeated. They are struggling with condemnation. God doesn't seem real to them. The Christian life doesn't seem real to them. Their walk with God is... ah, And it's just so simple. So simple. And they fight it. The very thing that will bring them out. It's confession. It's confession. It's confession. Faith's confessions create realities. Now, it's not going to be... Your confession is not what makes it real to God. It's already real to him. Your confession is what makes it real in your life. Did you know that we are all healed? We are. By whose stripes you were healed. Belongs to all of us. Saint or sinner. But people are dying right now. There are Christians dying right now. There are Christians that died last second. There are Christians that will die later today. Of sickness. But legally they are healed. How come? They are sick. Because you see, it's your believing it. And you're confessing it that makes what is yours legally a vital reality. Now, there are two extremes when it comes to this. There are some people who all they dote on is the legal, the legal, who I am, who I am. This they talk about the legal, they shout about the legal, and the devil doesn't mind because it's just legal and inexperience. They don't experience nada. Now, on the other extreme, there are folks that all they shout about is the vital, the vital, the vital, the vital. And they're just looking for experiences. They're just looking for experiences. And they leave the legal basis. You know, some people think that if my faith will just be strong enough, God will bless me. Listen, God already blessed you. Strong faith, weak faith, no faith. You're already blessed. It's not your faith that makes God bless you. God blessed you 2,000 years ago in redemption. There are people that they, they keep trying to arrive they haven't settled on the legal side. They are on the other extreme of the vital. So they're always trying to get experience. They don't really know who they are. And then their faith is a struggle. You see, there's the legal and there's the vital. There has to be a balance between both. So we need to know who we are. Get into the word of God. What belongs to us? You see Christians looking for deliverance. That's an example of people chasing experience who don't know the legal side. A fellow who knows Colossians 1.13 knows that the moment you got born again, God the Father delivered you from the authority of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Now, does it mean a Christian can have demon trouble? A Christian can have demon trouble. Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. So the devil can take place in your life if you give him. Paul said that. Paul should know what he's talking about. James 4.7 Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. First Peter 5, 9. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. So, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking who may devour. Amen. And that was written to Christians. Can the devil devour Christians? Bet, better know he can. I hope he's not devouring you already. He can devour Christians. He sure can. But he doesn't have to devour you. Amen. Yeah. So I'm not saying that if you're a Christian, you can't have demon trouble. You can, but you don't have to. If you know who you are legally, and you dare to stand your ground on that legal fact, it will be a vital experience in your situation. So we said, number one, you're a child of God. Number two, you're one with the master. 
Number three, all things are possible to you. All things are possible to you. You see, impossibility is an opinion. You never tell me something is impossible. Stop. Don't, don't try it. It's your opinion. I will tell you hide and watch. I'll do it. Possible is an opinion. Impossible is an opinion. You see, the same Bible that said in Matthew 19, 26, that with God all things are possible, also says in Mark 9, 23, that all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to the believing one. If you're a new creature, all things are possible to you. 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 What is that dream that's in your heart? That dream that God put deep down in your spirit. That thing that is, is your destiny. That thing that you know you're meant to do for God. And it looks so big. Listen, if your vision is not bigger than you, it didn't come from God. It didn't come from God. If you can achieve that vision by yourself, you don't need God. It didn't come from God. Amen. God will give you a vision bigger than you. Something that in your strength you can't do. And that's why you're a believer. You're a new creature. You're a new creature. Sometimes I've looked myself in the mirror and I said, listen up, boy. All things are possible to you. All things are possible to you. And I gave myself a little pep talk. Amen. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I'm God Superman. I'm God Superman. I'm God Superman. Somehow in the heart of Universal Man, there was this knowledge about supers. And then they started superheroes. Superman, Spider-Man, Captain America, Wonder Woman. Where do you think they got it from? It's something inside man, universal man, that knows that it's possible to have access to supernatural ability. And in the new creation, it's a fact. All things are possible to you. 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 It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's doable. It's reachable. It's achievable. If I tell you some of the things I'm going to do, it will scare you. Yeah. Yeah, it could scare you. Yeah. Things that could be frightening. Yeah. But you see, I can see in the Bible that all things are possible to me because I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. A victorious life is possible. Dominion on this earth is possible. It's possible. It's not only possible, it's inevitable if you believe God. Amen. All things are possible to you. 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 Where you at in life, listen up. All things are possible to you. Is it healing in your body? Is it health? You see, I used to read. Like Kenneth e. Hagin will say, he hasn't had a headache, you know, 45 years, 50 years, 60 years, 65 years. The man went for 70 years without a headache. Said the last headache he had was in August of 1933. And the man died September 19, 2003. That's 70 years and a month without a headache. Ooh, I told myself, God isn't any more his father than he's my father. I used to be so sick. Sick people called me sick. Believe me, he was pretty sick. You know? Had all kinds of things wrong with me. But I could see that it's possible. 
it's possible. You know, I remember the first time I acted on God's word and God healed of malaria. I felt like they ought to write it in Guinea's book of world records. This is a feat. My God, I had that stuff so much. I had heart issues, other kinds of issues. You don't want to know. My case note in UCH, I can reel out my case note number. That thing was big. You know? If it's not asthma today, it's my heart tomorrow. If it's not my heart, then it's palsy. If it's not palsy, then it's my eyes. If it's not this, then it's that. It's the other. It's this. Oh! But then I saw it. All things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to me. All things are possible to me. Well, I haven't had malaria now in over 30 years. I haven't had a headache now in over 30 years. I haven't. I haven't had a sick day in over 30 years. And you know I'm going to live and die without a headache. I'm going to live and die without sickness. It's possible. Then I saw that it's possible to walk in provision. It's possible to walk in abundance. And I decided that of a necessity on this side of heaven, I will lay up gold as dust. I decided it long ago. I will do it. I will lay up gold as dust. Yeah. Yeah. You know, God will do as much as you dare to believe him for. Listen, your father is not El Chipo. Your father is El Shaddai. Your father is El Shaddai. And let me tell you, I've seen impossible things happen. Certain things have happened in my life that you just tell yourself, only God could have done this. Only God could have done this. Things that were outright impossibilities. Outright impossibilities. But you see, I'm a new creature. All things are possible to me. All things are possible to me. I have a certain substance in my spirit. It's called Zoe. The substance of God's being. That's what I'm made up of. I'm tied up to God. I'm linked with him. I'm his seed. I'm like him. I dominate. I reign. I rule. I win. Heads or tails, I win. Heads, I win. Tails, the devil loses. All things are possible to me. Finally, yes, I know it's the everlasting gospel. But you know, we don't have to preach it in an everlasting way. And you know, you know, if we don't go, you know, we can't come back, right? Yeah. I don't want it to be some other time your pastor thinks of inviting me. And then some of you say, yeah, that guy, I kind of like his preaching. But boy, he sure kept me hungry. Boy, he sure preached so long. Pastor, and do you know someone else? <laughs> so I don't intend to keep you here forever. You know, I've been in churches, church services before. You know, and at the time I thought like, does this pastor think I'm the one that killed Jesus? Why is he trying to punish me? You know, even the people that killed Jesus, he forgave them. <laughs> Their father forgive them. They know what they do. I know how people feel. I've been there. I, I, I don't want to, you to feel some ways I felt. You know, praise God. Amen. Lastly, the greater one is in you. The greater one is in you. See, First John 4, 4. The Bible says, ye of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. <laughs> you see, God lives in me. Ah! Let me tell you something. There is a real incarnation in the new birth. Yes. You know that 
Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. Listen, God is still manifested in the flesh in the new creation. God is in you. God is in you. God makes his home in you. God makes his abode in you. God dwells in you. No wonder all things are possible to the believing one. Because the God with whom all things are possible lives in him. God is in you. God is in you. See, Paul wrote the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 3.16 said, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. He still wasn't sure they had gotten it. So he told them again, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God. Ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He still wasn't sure they had seen it. So he wrote them another letter, 2 Corinthians 6, from verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believeth an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. In that place, notice he said, he that believeth. So he that believeth is called he that believeth, the Christian, the believer. The unbeliever is called an infidel. Now, that he that believeth is called righteousness. Listen, you are righteousness. That's what you are. The very righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I stand in his presence without a consciousness of sin, of guilt, or inferiority. As though sin never did exist. Amen. Your righteousness. The unbeliever is unrighteousness. Your light. Your light. You know, sometimes we hear about ancestral curses. Do they exist? They do. But listen, as the ancestral curse exists, what about the ancestral blessing? Yeah. And the Bible says, if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13, being made a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, though might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. I'm too blessed to be cursed. I'm too blessed to be cursed. I'm not saying the curse doesn't exist, but the blessing also exists. And the blessing is on me. I carry the blessing. I carry the blessing. I walk in the blessing. I'm the blessed of the Lord. I'm the blessed of the Lord. I'm the blessed of the Lord. Listen, you are light. The unbeliever is called darkness. When you showed up in that family, the answer showed up. Light showed up. Development showed up. I'm light. Some things don't happen in my family. They can't. Some things don't happen around me. It's not possible. I'm light. I'm light. I'm light. I'm light. I'm light. The Bible says you were sometimes darkness, but now ah, you light in the Lord. Said, walk as children of light. I'm light. I'm light. I'm light. And so are you. But notice it didn't end there. It says, for ye are the temple of the living God. Whoa! God is on the inside of me. Now, I don't think you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the person that raised Lazarus from the dead. I'm talking about the person that split the Red Sea. I'm talking about the person that caused the sun to stand still and the moon to stand still about 24 hours. He's the one living in you. Talking about the one 
<laughs> who did those miracles through Jesus. I'm talking about the one who raised him from the dead. I'm talking about the one that flung the heavens, flung the planets, flung the moon into existence. He's on the inside of you. <laughs> Listen, there aren't enough troubles on this earth to face the God that lives in me. There aren't enough challenges on this earth to face the God that lives in me. All that God is, all that God has, and all that God can ever be is on the inside of me. The divine potential of all the power that there is, is in me. Listen, I'm fortified from within. I'm fortified from within. And so are you. God is in you. God is in you. I wonder what he's doing in you. Is he hitchhiking a ride through life? I beg now. I feel squat. I, I they look for where I have managed. I feel I feel, I feel live with you. Uh, just just now only till till rapture take place. I beg. I I feel come manage. I I feel come manage. I they look for body. Where have you dwell? No, a thousand times no. He's in you to put you over. He's in you to make you a success. You've got it made in life. You've got it made in life. You are a success going somewhere to happen. You're fortified from within. The spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead. He dwells in us. And he quickens. He quickens our mortal bodies. He makes our bodies full of life. Full of life. Full of life. The law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Whoa! Imagine a new creature who walks in the fullness of the reality of that fact. Just imagine what it will be like. Imagine the inventions. You see, there are things yet to be invented. Economic prodigies. Yeah. Exploits. Yet to be done. You see, we are not only sons of God by adoption. Yes, we are adopted into his family. But we are also sons of God by an actual birth. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Listen up. You are a new creature. You are a new man. You are too loaded to fail. Amen. Go in this your mind. Every head bowed and eye closed. Father, brought forth your word to your people. What I believe you laid on my heart. Thank you for taking those words. And amplifying them in our spirits. Amplifying them in our lives. That will live the victorious life of the son of God. That will walk in dominion on this earth. Will bring the father pleasure. Will do his will. Will be a blessing unto generations. And to multitudes. Thank you because we are new creatures. We walk in the reality of that fact. Amen. Say this with me. I am. Who the word says I am. I have. What the word says I have. I can do. What the word says I can do. We affirm these truths. We affirm these truths. We affirm these truths. You know that God's healing power. I'm talking to the lady there. God's healing power is in your body. You know that. Yeah. God's healing power is working in your body. 
it's working in your body it's working in your body it's working in your body it's driving that stuff out right now in the name of jesus makes you every withhold in the name in the name in the name the name of jesus the name of jesus the name of jesus there's someone on their right side by your rib who are you you've been having some pains who's it amen by your right side by your rib on your right side you've been having some pains who are you all right put your hand there in the name of jesus be healed glory to god glory to god glory to god glory to god there's a job you're bidding for you know and um the thing had progressed quite some just about the time it got to the point where you just thought this is it and then you now started hearing stories i have something to tell you you see that thing it's coming back to you watch it watch it watch it watch it you see this week that we're entering that is starting today see what will happen just watch it you know the bible says for thou o lord will bless the righteous it says you will compass him with favor as a shield you are the righteous just watch what will happen they will come and beg you they will apologize to you and they'll beg you with it just watch it you won't have to try to it won't be you you will know that this was god they will call you back and they will beg you and they'll beg you with it and they will apologize uh, and you can do younger small but don't let it be too much but it's going to come back to you watch it watch it watch it watch it if that fits you just take it because that's what's going to happen amen that's what's going to happen thank you father thank you father thank you father thank you father there's someone you have these occasional migraine headaches these occasional migraine headaches amen who are you these occasional migraine headaches all right put your hand there in the name of jesus that body is the temple of the holy ghost satan you have no right to violate god's temple so i serve you notice right now you lose her and you let her go in the name of jesus amen you know the name of jesus belongs to us that name is ours and the power is in the name the authority is in the name there's dominion in that name you have a legal right to that name you can use that name like anybody else can praise god i saw myself do something i'm just gonna act it out please come sir amen praise god i just saw myself lay hands on you what was it about i don't know thank you father thank you father rivers rivers of living water yeah they'll flow forth they'll flow forth from your innermost being thank you lord 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 it's an opportunity that's coming your way it'll it'll it, it's going to be something that will involve you traveling quite some It'll happen. It'll happen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. And I'm talking about international travel. Amen. It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. Amen. 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 Soon as I touched him, I saw something. Amen. And that's why I said what I said. You see, we are new creatures. We are new creatures. We affirm it. We believe it. 
We keep saying it. We say what God says about us. We keep saying it. We keep saying it. And as a result, we experience it. Amen. Somebody jilted you. Someone broke your heart. Let it go. Just let it go. Let it go. Turn loose of it. Amen. Turn loose of it. Just let it go. Forget it. Amen. Forget it. Yeah, God's got something better. Amen. God's got something better. God's got something better. Yeah, God's got something better. Amen. Something real better. So better that you're going to say, thank God. Amen. Hope that makes sense to you. Yeah. Just let it go. Laugh about it. You know, some things, some things we cry about today, we'll laugh about tomorrow. Yeah. You're going to laugh about it. At the moment, it looks like, oh God, oh God. And I thought this was it. Look, something better is coming. As in better. As in better. Amen. Why don't we just lift up our hands to him and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hope you were blessed by the sermon. Feel free to visit our website www.thisgreenchurch.org for more info. God bless you.